Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. What are we going to talk about? So this, this parable, probably we're going to go at two because they look, they're very similar, right? Um, some call it the, the parable of the, of the unjust judge. Some, I like the letter, which is the parable of the persistent widow. Uh, because obviously it's about the persistence in the story and it's also about the widow. Um, then there is a similar parable, um, obviously, to that, which again can be given in two, which is like um, the persistent neighbor, uh, but I like the letter, which says uh, the persistent friend. You're right. Um, we are going to look at the context uh, in which these parables were delivered. Um, by the grace of God, we are going to look at probably what they mean if the writer has not already told us what they mean. Um, after that, we are going to probably talk about the examples where we see this in Scripture, uh, the, the, the persistency um, in prayer, um, and how that applies to us as believers. And by the grace of God, as we are talking, probably there are questions that pop up in our minds. And if they are not already there about how often do we pray? Uh, do we have to pray really? Uh, did Jesus pray? Uh, sh when we pray, should we expect answers? Um, should we be really persistent? If I'm persistent, is it a lack of faith um, or, or not? Um, and, and, and other things, uh, shall I pray, uh, is it the will of God or my will, uh, which one should I, should I do? Hopefully by the grace of God we'll be able to, to tackle those things. But sometimes I get too much excited <laughs> and derail myself, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but I like it probably it's, it's the, the leading of the Holy Ghost. Let's put it that way. So... Um, Let's read, right? So Luke 18 uh, from verses 1 to 8, uh, the writer is there, it's Luke, we know. And the Bible here says, then he spoke a parable uh, to, them, uh, to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. Uh, now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. Um, and he would not for a while, but afterward he said to himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Um, then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he be as long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So that's, that's the first one um, that was delivered. Now, context of that is that the previous chapter, Jesus was talking about the second uh, coming, or his coming, or uh, the end times. Let's put it that way. He was talking about the end times. And no wonder at the end, he says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find 
faith. I like the one that renders it this way, probably it's the Amplified, that says, will he find this kind of persistent prayer? Now, going to the other one, which is almost similar to this one. Let's, let's do it right now before I forget, right? Um, I remember what I said at the beginning before I... I <laughs> Right, I get excited. Luke 8, Luke 11, um, uh, verses uh, 5 to 13. Uh, here, the master again, he says, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves? Uh, for a friend of mine has come on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. There is now shut uh, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though you will not rise and give him because he is a friend. Yet because of his persistency, everyone say persistency. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Um, knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Then he says in verse 13, If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask it? Context again, Jesus, the previous verses, was actually talking about prayer. And he has just in verses 2 to 4 uh, talked to them about what they call the Lord's Prayer. Probably that's not how I term it, but now we get to know it as the Lord's Prayer. But he had just told them how to pray. And so the context is clear. It's about prayer. Back to the, to the, to the, to the first parable we read uh, from Luke 18. Luke is very clear about what we are talking about. And he did some interpretation for us because he says, he, he actually says it. He says, he gave a parable on how men always ought to pray. And there's, there's something that we're forgetting there. He said, there is a conjunction. He says, and not lose heart. Because it's the letter that, that normally people get entangled in that they or we lose heart. We give up. We give up. Yet the subject of the day, persistence. Praise the Lord. I, I'm, I'm, I feel excited right now. <laughs> I feel excited because uh, uh, you know where it's going, right? So key points from the first one. We see the name of the city is not told. It's, an uns it's a certain city, by the way. The judge, <laughs> his name, we are not given. The widow, we are not given the name. I think that's not important. But Luke goes to great extent to explain 
how the judge does not fear God nor respect men. I think he meant, it meant something, right? And again, he, we are not privy to the details of the case. But what we know is that um, the, 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 the widow is seeking some legal protection. If you have other versions, because this one, he says, um, let, me, let me go to the NKJV. I think it says, um, let me find where he says it. Uh, he says, get justice for me from my adversary. The other one says, give me legal protection. The other one so still talking about avenge me from my enemy. So whether you, you put it one way or the other, we don't know, but I think she's acting within the confines of the law. And this, here is a man who is hard, who does not respect God, and, and in the context of the Jewish community, I think he's unqualified to be a judge. Uh, because if you read uh, in the Old Testament, um, especially, let me give you the scriptures that you can go and read about. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's Deuteronomy 10, uh, verse number 18. It talks about the treatment of widows and, and the orphans. And also you have um, Deuteronomy 24 from verse 17 to 21. It talks again about the special treatment of widows and, um, and orphans. Uh, and, and other uh, underprivileged um, uh, people in the community. So we see that here the judge has no special treatment or special regard to him. Uh, so we see the unfairness of, of, of the judge. Uh, she's not even asking for, to be corrupt. She's not asking uh, the judge to, to sway the case in her favor. No, I think she's acting in the, she's just saying, hear me out and give me justice. Um, and she comes continually. Uh, we, I think when, when, I, when I read some, some of this, these stories, I try to paint a picture, right? <laughs> I think your mind does, does the same, right? You see a widow going there continually. You see? And, and I think the judge sees through this woman and says, no, there's no way this woman is going uh, is is to be, be deterred. I think she's coming again tomorrow with the same case. You know, she's not putting it differently. The Bible records that she's saying the same thing. Give me justice. And to the extent that Luke puts it in a way, in boxing terms, right? And, and the Lord wants you to, to hear this because this is what, he, what the Lord, he says. He says, before giving the conclusion, before coming to the end of the parable, he says, he says then the Lord said, hear, listen, understand what the unjust judge said. What did he say? What did he say? We have to ask it. What did he say? This is what he said, by the way. He said, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Let by her continual coming, she will weary me. So the word used therefore for weary, uh, let, let's go into to a lesson a little bit. So it's, it's called Yupo Piazzo, which is H-U-P-O-P-I-A-Z-O. It's, it's in Greek. It it's actually means to strike under the eye. So that's why I say it's, 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 it's using boxing terms. You know, think of a boxer by cumula accumulation of punches being thrown to the opponent, wearies the opponent until he's out of the game, right? 
So this is exactly what, what Luke puts, how, how Luke puts it. He's basically saying, look, this, this woman will give me a black eye. <laughs> this, this woman who harass me, who worry me. That's the persistence that, that the scriptures are putting forward. Now, we, we, we understand what we are talking about, right? Now, we, we, we have to think about, about it in our, in our context and, and say, what does it mean to us? I think the Lord is, is clear in this, that the Lord is not saying he is the unjust judge, no. But like the conclusion that we saw in the parable of the unjust friend, where he says, you fathers being evil, you know how to. He's saying by the same, you, th this man, being evil, he had, the, in the end, he had the case of the widow by her continual coming. How much more God, being God and good father and loving, how much more will he hear you out when you persistently go out in prayer? How much more? The man who did not fear God nor respect men, in the end, by persistence alone, he said, let me hear this woman out. Let me listen. Let me give her justice. But he said, how much more God? In fact, in his, in his word, the Lord says this. He says, shall not God avenge his own chosen ones? You, I, us, who cry out to him night and day. And says, I tell you. He gives us the answer. He says, I tell you. He will avenge them speedily. I'm glad because I'm talking to you. The reason why I'm glad mainly is because you have seen it all um, in terms of life experiences. If I was talking to a different audience, maybe the young, I would have, they wouldn't have maybe understood persistence. Because the world that we are living in is, is, is the world of popcorn answers. They want instant gratification. Press this and you get the result. And probably they have not seen persistence in real life. But there comes a time in a man's life where situations de demand persistence. And therefore I pose this question. Do you have a situation that you think it needs persistence? Not just persistently waiting, but persistently praying into it. I mean, there are over many times that probably I can reflect and say, I should have prayed persistently. I should pressed. I should have pressed. Anyway, those are the past days, but let's talk about the future in the now. There are situations where we do not need to give up. And the kind of prayer that we should render to those situations is consistent, persistent, fervent, earnest prayer. 
especially situations that you do not have jurisdiction over, you need that persistent prayer, that fervent, persistent prayer. Or give us an example. So, if we look into the, into, into, the, into the scriptures, this is what James says. I'm now connecting the dots. James later says here in James chapter number 5, James the brother of the Lord, James chapter number 5 uh, from verse number 16. I like the Amplified most, but this is the NKJV. All right. So the Amplified put it this way. He says, um, the earnest, I'm reading the part B of verse 16, um, the context there is still prayer. And he says, the, the earnest, heartfelt, continued, persistent prayer of a righteous man. If I put that, it that way, it's, it sounds distant, right? Let's put it this way. He says, the heartfelt, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of Joe, of Shao, of Chantel, of Mark, right? I replaced righteous men with your name. Because that's who you are. That's who you are. You are now in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ Jesus. And the Bible records that it's not our righteousness that matter. Not of our own works. The Bible calls us that we are the righteousness of God in him. In him. He says, he became sin for us that we might be called. We might call you any, the righteousness of God in him. You are the righteousness of God in him. And the Bible calls, we should call you that. <laughs> so, the heartfelt, the earnest, continued, persistent prayer of you, of me. He says, it availeth much. But my, my Amplified says, it makes tremendous power available. He says, dynamic in its working. Oh boy. <laughs> dynamic in its working. But what kind of prayer is that? It's the heartfelt, the continued, the persistent prayer. Not the, 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 there is a place for a two-minute prayer or... The, the, the prayer of faith or prayer of declaration, there is that kind because there are kinds of prayer. This, what I'm saying here is, is not to exhaust all things about prayer. It's a, it's a biggest subject. But we are just talking about persistence in prayer. Persistence in prayer. And James, when he talks about this persistence, he, he is reflecting and give, giving an example of Elijah's prayer. Because just after this in verse 17, he says, Elijah was a man of like passions. He says he was a man like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on land for three, and three years, six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced the fruit. Now, what he's talking about, if you go to 1 Kings chapter number 18, verse number 42 to verse number 44, it's actually... A persistence, you, you see persistency in prayer, in action. You see it live, happening, right? This is James summarizing that prayer that, that, Eli, that Elijah did. So in this one, in First Kings chapter number 18, verse number 42 to 44, 
in verse number 41, he gives, he tells the king at the time, he says, go and, and, and have a drink, right? Go and, and celebrate because I hear the sound of abundant rains. And this is in the middle of, of famine, in the middle of drought. There, has, there hasn't been rain for three years and six months. And Elijah gives a word before he goes to pray. He says, I hear a sound of abundant rain. Then he goes on to Mount Carmel to pray with his servant. And the Bible, he says, he knelt down and put his head between his legs. And he begins to pray. And the Bible records that every time he's praying, he's sending his servant to check for the results. The question is, when we pray, ladies and gentlemen, do we expect answers? Are we just doing it as a ritual or we actually expect that it works? You see, that's the widow. The widow was going back because she expected an answer. If she wasn't, she wouldn't have gone back. Elijah in prayer persistently praying. He's not just saying no, just in case. No, he's saying go and check for results. Because prayer works. Say after me, prayer works. You may have seen it in action in your own life. That's why I say I'm excited to be talking to this audience. Because we are just reminding each other. There's nothing new that I'm telling you about. So Elijah is praying and the Bible records that the seventh time, I tell you if it was my time, if it was this time, people would have given up. Because the church this time have heard too much of the word of, of faith. They have forgotten about persistence in prayer. And there is need for balance. There is need that word of faith. Yes, we need it. But we need that persistence, the earnestness of prayer. We need it. And every time the servant is going, the Bible says the seventh time, the, the servant comes back and he says, I see, but I see just like a hand of a man. It's a cloud, but just like a hand of a man. And Elijah said, that's it. <laughs> when you pray consistently or persistently, it's the nudge of, in the spirit that will tell you. Because we are not just praying alone. We have the Holy Ghost with us. That's our advantage in the New Testament. Praise the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit with us. He tells us within us that it's done. It's done. When he, when he, when he hears that, he says to the servant, go and tell Ab to take his chariot. Because the rain is about to come. If he doesn't go into his chariot... You will be stopped by the rains. And surely the Bible says it blackened. The sky was full of black clouds and it rained heavily. I will not talk of how the supernatural power came upon Elijah and he outrained the chariot. Hallelujah. It's the same one on its own. <laughs> Shall I talk to, to us about the master himself? You know, he just didn't give us the parable, but he also gave a persistent prayer. The Bible records in Matthew, Let's read about it. So in Matthew chapter number 26, verse number 39, and, and this time before he's just handed to the enemy, the Bible records that he went, he went to, to prayer uh, with, James, with, with Peter, James, and John. He took them to a, to a, to a place um, called Gethsemane to, to pray. And the Bible says, And he went out a little further and fell on his face. And prayed saying, oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup be passed from me. Nevertheless, not I will, but as you will. 
And Luke, by the Spirit, giving the same account, he tells us that he was strengthened by an angel. And on verse number, uh, on chapter 22 of Luke, verse number 44, he says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, was like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. But actually, if you go and read it further, you'll understand that there was persistence in that prayer. Because first he took them, he went away from the three, and he began to pray. The Bible says he found them sleeping. Because, and he, he, he rebuked them, sort of, because of the weakness of the flesh, that they could not stand with him an hour. <laughs> Just an hour. But he did not pray once. The Bible says, actually it says, repeating the same words. He went again the second time and came back. He found them sleeping. He went again the third time praying. Persistence in prayer. I ask those questions for a reason. Do you have a situation that you think actually needs persistent prayer? A fervent prayer, an earnest prayer, a consistent prayer? Or actually you are in a time where it's difficult for you to pray. Or actually, like Lucas said, you are weary and you have given up on prayer. And one of the things that causes people not to, to continue in prayer or to be weary in play, prayer or not to pray at all is definitely when, when you are out of God's word, you are no longer reading God's word. Automatically, your prayer life is affected. Because in God's word, that's where you get to know who you are fellowshipping with. You get to know what the one who you fellowship with wants. You get to know about him. And the more you know about him, the more you... Because it's, it's a fellowship. The Bible says we have been called. It's First Corinthians 1 verse, verse number 9. We have been called into fellowship. We have been called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. So prayer is fellowship. Prayer is communion. Prayer is a relationship with him. So how can you, not, how can you relate with one whom you do not know? And how do you know him? It's through the scriptures. And the more you read the scriptures, the more your prayer life comes alive. Now the Bible records something special. In closing, now Herod had, had put to death James, and now they've captured, they've seized Peter. The Bible records in Acts chapter 12, verse number 5, but that prayer, consistent, continued, fervent prayer, was made by the church for Peter. What saved Peter from prison was the continued, persistent prayer made by the church. There are situations where fervent prayer is needed. I'll give you an example. Right now, there are, the there, are, there are people that are lost. We know God's will. The Bible says that the field is ready. The field is white. It's ready. He says, pray that you God sends laborers because the harvest is plenty. We know that it is the will of God that all men should come to the knowledge of God, that none should perish. You can start by that. We can start by making continued, persistent prayer for, for that, 
for the lost. That's one example that we can every day, every time when you have an opportunity to pray, pray for that relative of yours. It's not a one-time matter. They haven't given up their, given up their life to, the, to Christ. Pray for them consistently, persistently, fervently. Don't give up until they come to, the, to Christ. That's one of the examples that I can think about. There are many things that we can do that. We have just seen someone in trouble, Peter, captured in prison, about to be killed. The church gave fervent, consistent, persistent prayer. Do you know someone in that situation? Someone who is in a bleak situation, he can't see the way out. You can make prayer for that. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.